Hey everybody, thanks as always for tuning in to the Velocity Cast. This week we're talking a little bit about habits, habit formation, and a concept called habit stacking, which was made famous in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. Now, Atomic Habits is probably the book that I recommend the most to almost everybody. I've given it as a gift quite often. Uh, basically, any time that they have sales, uh, there's actually one going on right now, which I'll put a link to the book in the show notes. Uh, but anytime they have sales, I usually pick up several copies and kind of keep them handy to give as gifts to people who are important to me or people who I feel could benefit from this book. Um, but it is probably the ultimate guide on forming and adhering to positive habit change. So actually changing the way that you uh, approach your daily and weekly tasks. And some of the frameworks in that book are incredibly helpful. And so habit stacking is one of those particular frameworks. Now, before we talk about what habit stacking is, it's important to take a step back and understand habits in general, uh, why I feel they're so important, and then also how those habits form. So First and foremost, habits are the backbone of the goal-setting system that I teach with clients and that I personally use and have used for several years. So I think setting goals is important uh, in the sense that we need to have a destination in mind when we are walking along a path because if you're aimlessly wandering, then it's very difficult to uh, know whether or not you're heading in the right direction, right? When it comes to goals, we want to make sure that we have somewhere in mind that we are moving towards. From there, goal setting becomes less about the goals themselves and more about the repetitive actions that we take. So habits form those repetitive actions. So anything habitual is something that you do on a regular basis. Now, this can be positive or negative. Uh, A lot of times habits become more subconscious than conscious, meaning There's some external cue in our environment that causes us to do this particular action. And this is really why habit stacking works, which we'll obviously get into here in a little bit. Uh, But when we talk about habits and forming habits, uh, James Clear presents essentially a four-step framework or, or the four laws of habit change that I think are important to briefly define and understand so that when we get into habit stacking, it makes a little bit more sense. So the first of these rules is how can I make it obvious? Meaning if we want something to cue a habit or cue an action, it needs to be something that we don't need to think about because we are trying to leverage subconscious cues in order to do this activity or prompt this activity. So an example of a bad habit that he uses in the book is, let's say every time you get home from work, you immediately sit down on the couch and turn on the TV. Well, the obvious portion of this habit could be that the TV remote is sitting there on your coffee table. So you see the TV remote, it cues you into the short-term reward of watching a show that you like or watching a movie or whatever it is. And that causes you to sit down, turn the TV on and, and, you know, watch TV or, or do that habit. So the obvious part of that bad habit is the TV remote on the coffee table, which prompts the whole sequence from initiating. So if we're talking about positive habit change, something like wanting to work out or go to the gym before work or after work or whatever it is, a way that you can make that habit obvious is by packing a gym bag and putting it by the door. So now instead of having to think about, oh, do I have the things I need to go work out or did I pack everything, whatever, you pack that bag, 
beforehand. You set it aside. So that cues you into the new habit that you're trying to form. Now, from there, you also want to make it attractive. So how can you make this habit attractive? There needs to be an understanding of the benefit of this thing. There needs to be a reason that you're doing this thing. And and this fits into the habit stacking framework, which we'll talk about. Arguably, one of the most important things is how can you make it easy? So how do you make this thing easy to do? If we're talking about habit change and it is something that requires a lot of motivation or effort or discipline to overcome the hurdle of inaction, then you're far less likely to do this thing. So I like to relate it to the concept of a catalyst in chemistry. So if we talk about chemical reactions, there are many chemical reactions that simply would not occur were it not for the presence of a catalyst or a material that essentially lowers the energy required for that reaction. So in cars, the catalytic converter essentially plays that role. So in the catalytic, catalytic converter is platinum that essentially allows the conversion of carbon monoxide to carbon dioxide. And that device or that uh, material catalyzes the reaction that otherwise would not occur. So there are a lot of things in, in the chemical world that, that play this role. But when it comes to habit formation, the catalyst is any action that you can take that makes it easier to do that thing. And I keep referring back to how this will play into habit stacking because when you understand each of these points, the whole framework of habit stacking makes a lot more sense. The last piece or the last law of habit change is how can I make it satisfying? Meaning there needs to be some type of reward for doing this activity. Now, when it comes to things that we consider bad habits, the reward is typically something short term. So bad habits are typically pleasurable in the short term and we don't experience the ill effects of those habits until later down the road. So smoking is a perfect example, right? In the short term, it might be a pleasurable, you know, tobacco buzz that you get. You might have the pleasure of smoking in a uh, social setting. So you're outside, you know, talking, conversing with somebody else. It provides a break from the workday, perhaps. So there are a lot of immediate benefits to smoking. But obviously now that that medicine has evolved, we understand that there are several long-term health effects to smoking. So this is one of those things where it's a bad habit, but the ill effects aren't experienced until later down the road. Now, on the flip side, things that we typically consider to be good habits are usually the opposite. So good habits tend to be difficult in the short term or require short-term sacrifices, and the benefits of those habits are experienced down the road. So investing money in the stock market is a perfect example of this. There's short-term discomfort in the sense that you are losing access to money that you have, but the long-term benefits are because of compounding gains and the increases in the stock market over time, you will end up with substantially more money than you put in if you're consistent. So this is a habit where you need to be able to make the action satisfying in order to stick with it or understand the long-term implications of that habit. And habit stacking is yet another way in which we can make that entire cycle satisfying. So the habit itself might not satisfy us or might not provide a positive immediate effect. But if we layer it into a routine that we enjoy, then that routine 
as a whole can become satisfying. So now let's talk about what habit stacking is and how it satisfies these four laws of habit change. So habit stacking is essentially taking a behavior that you want to do and fitting it into a routine that is already established or that you are adjusting slightly. So a good example of this is, let's say that I want to read more books, right? I I don't read often or I I find that I have trouble uh, reading on a consistent basis and it's an activity that I want to do more of. Uh, And this is actually something that I personally do. So what you can do in that instance, right, if you want to increase the amount of reading that you're doing is you can incorporate it into your bedtime routine, right? So you put a book on your pillow. So you see it when you're getting ready to go to bed. You mix it into an already established routine. So maybe at night I'm, all right, I I take a shower, brush my teeth. Maybe I stretch a little bit or whatever. There's a sequence of events that I do to wind down for the evening. Now, by putting the book on my pillow, that is a cue to insert that activity into the already established routine. Now, the benefit of an activity like this is it's self-reinforcing. So it satisfies the fourth law, which is how to make it satisfying, because typically reading before bed, especially a hardcover book or even one of those Kindle readers versus reading on your phone, will actually make you more tired and actually help you fall asleep faster. So it reinforces that entire purpose of your nighttime routine. But you're fitting this activity that you want to do into a routine that you're already doing anyways. Now, this can serve two purposes because you can also eliminate a bad habit while inserting a good habit. So let's say you typically spend time in bed scrolling social media and wasting time on your phone. Well, this does two things. One, it gives you that short-term dopamine rush, but at the same time, it's going to make it harder for you to fall asleep. And so it's going to impact your rest, your recovery, your relaxation. What we can do is put our phone in a different room, put the bed on our pillow, and now what we're doing is we're layering the new habit in place of where the old habit was. So we'll get into a little bit more detail here shortly, but once you understand the general framework of habit stacking, we can understand uh, a method that I particularly like to incorporate and coach people on, which is essentially elimination and filling the void. So in the example that we just used, right, and, and I'm guilty of this as I'm sure many of you are, if I have access to my phone at the side of my bed, I'm probably going to use it even if I say I'm not, right? So right now, as part of my nighttime routine, I'm doing all this stuff to wind down, but I'm also engaging in this negative activity that's affecting my ability to fall asleep. So what I want to do is eliminate this negative action. The problem is If all I do is eliminate the bad habit, there is a void left that will likely get filled with another bad habit, right? Because we've created this short-term reward loop, this dopamine loop where I get instant satisfaction from scrolling on my phone while I'm laying in bed. And then obviously this, this activity tends to go on longer than we plan. That loop continues to reinforce itself. And then before you know it, I realize I've been sitting there scrolling for far too long. If I just simply eliminate the phone, that space will be filled with something else that is likely equally bad, if not more so. So what we need to do is we need to fill the void by adjusting or altering our routine slightly. So let's say now that I've, as I mentioned, I put my phone in the other room. So I, I charge my phone on the in the other room. I use a, either a, an old school alarm, alarm clock or um, the one thing I like about the Apple Watch is there's kind of like that, like that silent alarm that you can use, which I, I find is helpful for waking up without 
being as jarring as an alarm. But I have my phone in the other room, so I can't scroll. I have do not disturb or sleep mode on, so I'm not getting any notifications. And now what I want to do is this is where I would layer in that new habit of reading. So now by putting a book on my bedside table where my phone was or putting that book directly on my pillow, I now have a cue to engage in that new desired behavior, which is filling the void left by the old behavior. So essentially what I'm doing is I'm eliminating a bad habit and I'm filling the space where that habit was with something new and adjusting or altering that routine slightly. Now, as I discussed, this is going to reinforce itself because I'm going to fall asleep faster or be able to fall asleep faster because the activity of reading is not going to affect my sleep like scrolling on my phone. And that is going to continue to reinforce the behavior as I wake up better rested, I get a better night's sleep, all of that stuff. So what we're doing is we're leveraging an established routine. I'm removing a negative behavior that I want to eliminate And I'm filling the space left by that behavior with something new and better or something more positive for me. So this is a very simple way that you can use this concept of habit stacking in order to change things that you're doing to a better or more productive version of those things. Now, there are a lot of other instances where this can work, right? So let's say you want to work out or go to the gym when you get out of work in the evening. So we have the example you know, that I mentioned of kind of packing your gym bag ahead of time and having that available to you. But let's look at what you do when you come home from work currently and see if we can alter that behavior. So to use kind of an extreme example, let's say that currently when you drive home from work, you pass a McDonald's and that cues you into going through the drive through every day when you get home. So you get off work, you're getting fast food because you are, you know, you smell the the smell of burgers or you see the the sign or whatever it is. And that cues you to pull into the drive through, get some food and then go home. So obviously going to the gym or working out after work is kind of uh, an opposite behavior of this. And so this is a, an example similar to the phone in the book during the nighttime routine situation is, okay, if I want to alter that behavior of getting fast food when I'm driving home, what I can do is find an alternate route home that avoids the McDonald's, but that passes by a gym. Even if it's slightly longer, that's okay because what we're trying to do is create a new loop that we're going to reinforce. So what I do is I pack my gym bag the night before. I bring that with me. I leave it in the car. So now when I get in the car, I see the gym bag that's already in there. That cues me into the new behavior that I'm trying to start. I take the new path home, which passes me by the gym. And now I'm cued by the gym to remember, oh yes, I have my my gear with me. I'm going to pull in here. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to reinforce that behavior that I want to change. Now this becomes a self-reinforcing cycle as I start to feel better, as I start to lose weight, as I start to get healthier. But notice how all of those little cues are layered together in order to drive us towards that positive behavioral change. We're not just saying, to ourselves, I'm going to go to the gym, driving home the same way, not having our gym clothes with us. Because think about how much less successful you would be if instead of the scenario we just described, you left your gym bag at home or left your clothes at home. You had to drive home from work the same way. So you still pass the McDonald's. Now, every time that happens, you have to resist the cue and the short-term reward that comes from pulling into the drive-thru and getting food that you want. So you have to fight those cravings. You have to use willpower and motivation to overcome that urge. And now you get home, you've had a long day, you're tired. Now you have to change 
And now you have to leave the house again to go to the gym in order to do this new behavior that you're trying to start. So by trying to do everything separately, it becomes far more difficult to do the habitual tasks that you're trying to begin. It becomes far less likely that you'll be successful because now you need to rely on willpower, on motivation, on discipline. You need to get yourself in gear to do all these things. Whereas if we simply pack our bag the night before, put it in the car and find an alternate route home, you're reinforcing the good decision and you are removing all of the cues for the bad habit that you're trying to eliminate. So this is really the magic of habit stacking. And furthermore, this is the magic of looking at eliminating bad habits in order to replace them with good habits. It's difficult to, but not impossible, to add a a new habit completely to an already established routine or an already full routine. Like I said, it's not impossible, but if there are ways that you can replace actions or habits or activities, you will be far more successful doing that than you will if you're simply trying to layer a new behavior into something. Now, that being said, habit stacking will make you more successful. So even if you're just trying to add like the reading before bed situation, if it isn't a problem for you, you know, if you're not on your phone typically or whatever, then there isn't really a bad habit to eliminate there. And incorporating reading with the cue of the book will probably work perfectly fine for you because you're you're latching it onto a routine. But if we think about the habit of reading or the action of reading, that's a pretty low energy activity. So if we go back to that concept of the catalyst and the chemical reactions, reading a book at night, if you have it by your bedside, that's a pretty low energy task to incorporate. It's it's really not going to disrupt things that much, and you probably have the time to do it anyways. The gym example becomes one where if you're not of removing that bad habit and layering it in, the energy to do that new task is sufficiently high that it will dissuade you from doing it. Now, it might not happen right away, but over time, you're going to be less likely to do that behavior and reinforce that habit because it's difficult to do so. This is why a lot of New Year's resolutions fail, right? Because people rely on motivation, which starts hot, gives us a lot of fuel early on, but then fizzles out quickly. And when that motivation fades, unless you've created a system or a routine to reinforce that behavior, it's far less likely that you'll do it because just willpower and motivation alone are not enough to reinforce these behaviors if they're things that you haven't done consistently in the past. So what I would encourage you to do as we are into 2023 now, even if you've already quote unquote failed at some of your resolutions or you've failed to make progress or you're having issues, take a step back, think about the behaviors A, that you're trying to eliminate and B, that you're trying to add or reinforce and see if there are ways that you can stack those habits or those activities into your established routines. I want you to think of not just the habits themselves, but start to think about the things that trigger those habits. So the the example of the TV remote earlier, Is doing something as simple as hiding your TV remote in a drawer so it's not on the table, is that enough to prevent you from doing that thing? Is getting rid of that cue sufficient enough that you will likely not do that activity? So don't just think about the activities themselves or the habits themselves. Take some time to think about what is actually cueing you into doing those things. Is driving by the McDonald's on the way home cueing you to want it or are you thinking about it throughout the day? 
Once you've figured out what those cues are and what is actually triggering those habits, now you can start to look at the routines around those cues and figure out how to alter those routines so that you're less likely to do bad things and more likely to do good things. And typically, you want to try to find ways to layer good habits into self uh, self-reinforcing routines or activities. So the, the bedtime example is good because as we get better quality sleep, we're going to feel better and that will positively reinforce that behavior. Find ways where you're layering a new habit or something beneficial into a routine that will reward you or reinforce that behavior. And there are a lot of different ways to do this, but it, but it really boils down to taking a look at your calendar and your schedule, taking a look at your regular routines, figure out what habits you want to eliminate and which ones you want to add. And I would keep the list small for now. Starting small and making it easy is one of the laws of behavior change, right? Is make it small. So don't try to make this habit something that is extremely difficult to do. Make it a very easy box to check. So if you want to read more, don't set a reading limit. Don't say I'm going to read 25 pages a night. Just say I'm going to read every night. Even if it's one sentence or one page, if you start to get tired and you want to fall asleep, that's fine. You've made the barrier of entry low, which is going to be more likely to reinforce that behavior. So once you find this list, keep it a small list of things you want to eliminate or things you want to add, and then look at your routines, see where you can add this stuff in, see where you can eliminate the bad behaviors and then fill that void with something more positive. And that will allow you to reinforce this behavioral change that you're trying to start in 2023. So Habit stacking is a very powerful tool. It's going to allow you to make some lasting changes that actually stick, but it requires you to reflect a little bit on your current schedule and you want to figure out the things that are triggering you to either engage in bad behaviors or what positive triggers are in your life to reinforce positive behaviors. So as always, thanks for tuning in. I'm always down for questions, comments, concerns. You can reach me on Instagram and Twitter at trainedright or email me justin at trainedright.com and As always, have a wonderful weekend.